Today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 32. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it becomes the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, a few years ago, I, I did uh, a little bit of an experiment in a shopping centre with a friend. Uh, we walked around the shopping centre with a few questions that we wanted to ask uh, both Christians and non-Christians. And uh, so we did this experiment. We recorded their answers. I would pray about, God, who do you, who do you want me to go and talk to? And, and each time there was a, a particular person that I, I felt led to talk to, every single one of them was a Christian. Every single one of them. Uh, now, the friend that I went with, uh, she's wired a little bit differently to me. And every single person that she went to talk to was not a Christian. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, God, one of the ways God's wired me is to reach uh, those who are Christian, whether young in faith or old in faith, and help them to grow to a place of maturity. Uh, it's something that uh, burdens my heart, and when I see potential for people and I see where they're at, I, I have a strong desire to help them reach where, where I feel like God's calling them to be in faith. That's part of the way I'm wired in faith. Uh, we're all wired differently. Uh, we're all designed to be fruitful by God, uh, and yet we're all designed to produce different kinds of fruit. And so the question for us becomes, well, what kind of fruit am I designed to produce? Uh, when, when we look at all of us, uh, you should eventually get a fruit salad if you combine us all together. Uh, because we're all wired differently by God in order to produce uh, fruit for his kingdom. So, so what kind of fruit am I designed to produce? That should be a question that sort of sits there for each of us. As we grow in maturity, uh, like a plant that is mature produces good fruit, we should produce uh, good fruit. Uh, when I look at uh, Katie, my wife, she's naturally wired as an evangelist. You, you might have heard that uh, when she shared some of the things that she was thankful for in, in that time. Kirsty is, is really wired with pastoral gifts, and you, you see that in the fruit, in the way that she cares uh, for people, and the kindness and the thoughtfulness that she brings. So what kind of fruit are you designed to produce? Uh, maybe generally, uh, let me ask a non-rhetorical question. What kind of fruit do we produce as Christians? What do you think? What kind of fruit do we produce? Yes, I'm, I'm looking for an answer. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about producing fermented fruit. Um, <laughs> Not, not the kind of fruit that you enjoy, uh, Emma, yeah? Sorry? Good fruit, yes. Uh, uh, so, so love or, or care, um, compassion, uh, kindness. 
patience. So we think of the fruit of the Spirit, goodness and kindness and love and patience. Passion fruit. <laughs> that's, that's, that is excellent. We're all designed to be fruitful. At one level, the, uh, the seed that is sown in us uh, should, is the seed of Christ. And so what is produced from us is Christ-like fruit. Uh, here's a test. What's our mission as a church? Uh, what's, that, what's our mission? Yes, to, to make uh, mature and mobilize fully formed disciples of Jesus. Uh, what is that? So what's some of the fruit that we're called by Jesus to produce? Christians. <laughs> uh, some of the fruit is uh, mature Christians uh, that, that we would uh, mobilize. That, that is, people would discover what their gifts are and then begin to use them, that we would make it a difference uh, as we grow up in faith. Uh, one of the video series that Hamish and I like to watch on YouTube is where you, you see someone take time-lapse photos, and they've gone to this trouble over the course of years to take photos of seeds, and, and you don't know what the seed is as they plant it, but you see the, the little shoot come out, and then it's planted, and you see the it come out of the dirt, and eventually grow to be a tree, and you see the fruit hanging off the, that tree. Uh, us as Christians in this place, it should be an environment where we go from uh, seeds to mature plants that produce a harvest of fruit. That's uh, what we're designed for. In Matthew's gospel, we see what we had read this morning. Uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Uh, what's Jesus saying there? He's saying uh, that's a small seed, yet it grows. It's the largest of Ghana plants and becomes a tree so that birds uh, come and perch in its branches. What Jesus is explaining to us here is some of the mechanics of the way God's kingdom works uh, from small things, uh, big trees that are a place for others to shelter, for life to exist, in, in fact, the, the seeds that he plants has grow into trees that have an ecosystem of their own. That's the way, the mechanics of the kingdom of heaven and how it works. When we say the kingdom of heaven, remember this picture from a few weeks ago that we live on the kingdom of earth. Uh, angels and demons and other spiritual beings live in the kingdom there. The kingdom of heaven is about where God lives. And so when we prayed, as we just prayed uh, with Kirsty on earth as it is in heaven, we're saying, God, bring the kingdom of heaven down here. And when we pray that, we're saying uh, this kingdom uh, where a small seed is able to create a big tree, that's the kind of prayer that we're praying. And, and so when we think of the way that God answers our prayers, we should expect small seeds of prayers to produce big tree results. That's the way the kingdom of God works. Uh, in, in fact, that's a little bit of how we see that God works. He starts from small beginnings and produces big things. We're, we're going to read through a few passages from the Old Testament. Uh, this one from Isaiah points forward to Jesus and says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. I think of Jesse, uh, the father of David. 
Uh, the, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees uh, with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears. And so it speaks uh, of Jesus who would come from that uh, stump of Jesse uh, through the line of David hundreds of years after. I'm someone that can be patient, but I'm also someone that would struggle with with that kind of time span. Uh, God is patient with all of us in this journey of us being, having a seed planted in us and then producing fruit. I would often like it to happen a lot quicker than it does. And and that's just thinking of myself before I even think of others. Uh, In Zechariah, we we hear a a similar passage this is speaking some would say of Zerubbabel but it points forward to Jesus and so it speaks of Jesus as well Zerubbabel uh, rebuilt the temple and so there's a sacrificial system but it really points forward to the the one glorious day where Jesus died on the cross it says listen high priest Joshua you and your associates seated before you who are men symbolic of things to come I'm going to bring my servant the branch that is Jesus, and I will remove the sin of this land in a single day. In that day, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit under your vine and fig tree, declares the Lord Almighty. What's it talking about there? As we become a a tree, uh, as we grow up in the fruit of faith, as we gain confidence that we're included in God's family, that there's forgiveness, reconciliation, there's hope that life is found as we are connected to him and the abundance of life comes from him, that that we are a place under which neighbors can sit and find shelter and hope and restoration. So that's a picture of the the church in the the kingdom as that seed of the kingdom is sown in the church. Uh, Why does it talk about the removal of sin uh, from the land in a single day? Well, sin is the, the problem that disconnects us from the vine. You can't be connected into the tree of life if there is sin that is not dealt with in you. Now, you may say, I'm a, I'm a reasonably good person, but if you've ever lied, you've, you've broken one of the commandments. If you've ever uh, cursed, you've broken one of the commandments. We've all fallen short, it says in Scripture, of the glory of God. Ezekiel uh, speaks of sin this way. It says, the one who sins is the one who, who will die. Uh, The tree of life is about living forever. If you're disconnected from the tree of life, then one day you will die. Life will end. Uh, Romans talks about how the wages of sin are death. And so we need to be connected to life. And this need for life is, is a need that's understood by everyone as everyone grasps for something that makes them feel alive. Uh, switching back to Isaiah, in Isaiah 11.10, it says, In that day, so in, in, in the day of the, the Lord, the, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations, that is not just Israel, all nations, will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. So, so Jesus, as we lift him high, uh, is someone, someone for all peoples, all nations uh, to rally to and find rest and discover glory. The, the pictures of Isaiah are one of uh, the, the mountain of the Lord and all people, all the wealth of the world 
coming towards the kingdom of God. And the picture is of as God's people grow up in faith, uh, people discover that to really prosper in life, uh, and I'm not just talking about wealth, for, for life to go well, you need to be connected to God. And so all nations will be drawn to these people that seem to have figured out life because they're connected to the source of life. Uh, continuing to think about trees and shoots, Ezekiel 17, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. Continues, it will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the forest will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Uh, Ezekiel points forward to Jesus, uh, the, the, the low tree that came up from a dry place, but also points forward to what Jesus does in us. He makes dry bones live. He takes small, insignificant uh, cuttings, plants us and causes us to grow up uh, to be green and full, a place of shade with branches, uh, a, a place where birds of every kind will find nest in it. What does that mean as we grow up in faith, as we become a place where others can come and receive shelter and fruit? Uh, it doesn't just speak of us as individuals, but it speaks of us together. That we're a place where others may find rest and hope and shelter. Uh, in John's Gospel, so skipping forward to the New Testament, uh, Jesus talks about branches and vines. Uh, he talks about how there's a, there's a kind of fruit that can only be produced from being connected to him. He says, I'm the true vine. So Jesus is owning that he's the, the shoot that's come from the stump of Jesse. I, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Uh, do you ever go through a, a difficult time in life uh, when, when we feel like uh, parts of us are being stripped away? Uh, God wants to use those times to prune us so that we will be even more fruitful. Uh, he goes on and he says, You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So there's a, there's a kind of fruit that you and I can only produce by being connected to Jesus. You know, there's lots of good people in this world that do good things. But there's a kind of fruit that each person can only produce by being connected to Jesus. Uh, when, when I think of people that I know that have walked uh, closely to Jesus and then walked distant from Jesus, I, I, I can see the difference in fruit produced. Uh, not, as a, not as a criticism, but just things, the, the level of patience, the, the level of hope, the, the level of joy. 
It's obvious, the, the fruit of the Spirit in people's lives. And so Jesus' instruction to us is remain in the vine because uh, apart from me, you cannot bear fruit. Uh, there's fruit born in us, but there's also fruit born through us. Uh, we need to remain in the vine. Uh, I know a friend who uh, had a, a strong conviction from, from God that actually this wasn't the right person for him, that this path uh, following this relationship wasn't the right path for him. He ignored that. He, he heard the still small voice of God say, this is not the path for you. And, and he ignored that. And now he walks, he would say he's still a believer in Jesus, but he walks very distant. And the kind of fruit that I saw prior to him coming to Jesus, uh, prior to him going on that path, is no longer there. And, and so that's a reality whether we know it or not. Uh, John continues and, and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. You know, at some level, all of us want to make a difference in life. We want to feel like we have a purpose, uh, that we have something to give others. Jesus is saying, if you're connected to me, you'll have an overabundance of fruit to share with others. You'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And so there's challenge in this passage as well from, from John's Gospel that actually uh, if you're a branch that doesn't bear fruit, there's not really a place for you in the vine. That's a challenge for us to think about. If I'm not bearing fruit, there's a there's challenge to my being grafted in. Uh, Jesus is not wanting to challenge the security of our faith. Am I saved or am I not saved? But he's wanting to challenge us to be well connected to him so that we may produce the fruit that we are designed to be producing by him. Uh, seeds produce fruit, the seed of Christ living in us, by its very nature, is designed to produce fruit. So if we're not producing the kind of fruit that comes from being connected to Jesus, uh, we're, we're kind of stunting growth that is naturally designed to happen. Grafted in branches into Jesus produce fruit. Uh, so there's a seed already planted in each of us designed to produce fruit. Uh, so here's a question for our gardeners. Uh, if you want a tree to produce fruit, do you put it in a pot or plant it in the ground? What, what do you think, Hamish? Why, why would you plant it in the ground? Yeah, so it can spread its roots, it can grow far and wide, it can grow deep, it can soak up all the nutrients from the, the soil and it's not constrained by a pot. Uh, we're, we're designed not for, for pots, uh, but for paddocks to be in a field, to actually be around an ecosystem in, that helps us to grow. And so with that in mind, uh, this is not a plant question, this is a Christian question. What, what, does, what does good soil look like? 
for us as Christians, what, what does good soil look like? What, what do you think? Uh, reading the Bible regularly, yes. So, so sowing that seed of God's word in their hearts, yeah, great. Praying, good answer, yes. So being connected. Yeah, worshipping. So at some level on a Sunday, us gathered together uh, as Christians should be part of us, being nourished uh, in good soil. That's what we hope to, for this to be, good soil. Uh, taking communion, so just re- remembering and, and feeding on our faith in Jesus is really important. Yeah, listening, listening to the, the Spirit, uh, good soil. Uh, you, you need to, like when you're looking after plants, be sensitive to what that plant needs in that season and what will work in order to help it to flourish, when to prune it and, and when to set it free. I'm not a great gardener, but with Christians, I, I know we all need not just a, a, a fire hose of stuff, we need the, the right thing for each of us, the right nutrients at the right time. Now, if I was to take a plant and I was to put it in good soil and then six days a week just kind of leave it sitting on my bench, how well do you think it would flourish? (laughs) It wouldn't. It just wouldn't work. Your plant would die. It I, I think in many ways uh, the way the, the Anglican church has taught people to do church is you might turn up twice a week for something, plant yourself in soil, and then just plant yourself in something else for the rest of the week. doesn't work for, for real plants. It doesn't work for, for Christian plants because we're not designed to grow in pots by ourselves. We're actually designed to grow in an ecosystem that supports us, where Uh, my fruit and your fruit interact together to produce good fruit in those around us. So so how can I ensure that I'm planted in good soil? I think it looks like us being connected to God, so doing the personal investment of reading the Bible, of praying, of spending time with God. Incredibly important. Uh, You you need to be fed in the same way a, a physical plant needs to be fed, but also being connected to each other. I think if we want to grow in producing fruit, we, we need to grow in the way that we are connected to each other. Uh, over the next uh, roughly eight weeks, we're going to be talking a little bit more about spiritual gifts. Uh, so that question again, what kind of fruit am I designed to produce? And at some level over the next weeks, I would love you to discover that. For, for some of you, you may be reminded of something you already knew. For some of you, you may discover for the first time, what is the fruit that God has particularly designed for me to produce? And, and that journey of discovery generally happens in a community of other people. As you talk to other people and they, they, they say, you know, you're really good at this. You know, I can see God really working in this way through you, and as people effectively hold a mirror up to us and show us uh, for the first time maybe who we are in Christ. You see, God wants to grow seeds into fruit-producing trees, and that's each of us. God wants an orchard. That's all of us. 
working together to produce that fruit salad of fruit for the world to see. Uh, he, he doesn't want his truth and life to be contained in a building. It was really interesting as I, as I was saying these words at 9am, uh, we've got a little light back there and it usually flickers constantly. I heard this Part of, it, part of it just blew. It, it will flicker roughly every two minutes. You, you'll see it if you, if you watch it carefully, that little red light. But part of it just blew. And, and I, as, I, as I thought about that in that moment, I, well, actually, Christ's light is not meant to be contained in a building. Christ is not contained in a building. His seed is not sown in a building. It's sown in each of us. And in the same way, light comes from us. Fruit comes from us. So I'm excited for how God will use this journey for us as we talk about spiritual gifts and how he wants to work the seed that he's planted in us to become a fruitful tree. And the encouragement is no matter the season of life that you're in, there's still fruit that God wants to produce. And so then the exciting question is, what is it? What's it going to look like? And how good is the fruit salad going to taste? Let me pray for us. Uh, Lord God, thank you uh, that as we come to you in hope, uh, you have prepared uh, for us uh, already what we look forward to. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the seed planted in each of us in Christ. Uh, thank you that we are secure, that we are grafted in, uh, that we're valuable to you. Uh, thank you that even when we feel uh, small, and without purpose, uh, you have a greater vision and purpose for each of us. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'll begin to stir our hearts. As we, as we look to you, as we seek connection with you as the true vine, uh, we pray that your life would flow in our, in our hearts, uh, in our minds, in, in our souls, Lord, that we would uh, be strengthened in hope for how you might want to use each of us and strengthened in hope for how you might want to use uh, each other. Uh, Lord, we look forward to what you will produce in us, how you will uh, grow uh, us to be fruit producers in others. Uh, Lord, as we seek your, your way and your will, Grant us willing spirits to, to follow where you will lead. Please bring your perfect love, Lord, to reassure our hearts. Please begin to fill our mind with visions and dreams of who you call us to be together. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.